Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 42 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm your host, Christy Lee. I hope you're having a fabulous day um, and that you're doing very, very well and possibly you're at the moment taking some time off. And if that's the case, I hope you're enjoying that. Some of you may be working right through. This episode is coming live to you during the Christmas New Year period. Um, So I hope you're having an amazing time, whatever it is that you are up to. Now, today's episode is part four of our six-part series called Unleash the Power of Your People. This series is all about quick-to-implement, easy, practical ideas that you can implement with your team to help really unleash the power of the team that you have, to help create business success, freedom for you, and to empower and engage your people. Because once you've built this great team, you, of course, want to get the best out of them. So in week one of the series, we introduced the series and we explained the concept that these were short, practical, easy to implement ideas that you could take away and pop straight into your business. In week two, we chatted about getting the team together. Specifically, we discussed how to create and maintain useful and valuable team meetings. So team meetings that are not a waste of time, but ones that can really leverage and help focus and get the team moving for the week. How did you go with that? Have you implemented that in your business? Are you planning to get it implemented as part of your 2021 kickoff? I'd love to know. Um, So you can pop me an email at hello at peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au and I'd love to hear how that's going for you. Now, last week in part three, we spoke about getting things done without you having to do them. We spoke about mastering the art of effective delegation. And we, I encourage you to pick one task and one person and get something off your plate and onto someone else's. And I hope if you haven't had a chance to do that already, that that is something you will definitely get going with as the new year commences. So it can be such a huge freedom point getting that delegation done and done effectively because that's the key, isn't it? It's the key to actually making sure it happens and happens without you having to do it, or without it bouncing back onto your plate. So we're bringing you this series because I really believe that it's impossible to have a successful business that is sustainable and delivers you the success, whatever that looks like. It could be financial success. It could be um, customer journey success. There's all different metrics people use to define that, but also the freedom that you seek. You can't achieve any of that without the right people without having the right people, the right roles at the right time. And then once you've got them, without knowing what to do with them, you need to know how to make a team that thrives, to unleash the power of the people that you have, to engage them, and to make sure that you're maximizing the value that you've invested in in hiring these people. And so this six-part series is all about bringing you some easy-to-implement strategies that you can take and get working straight into your business. So you can stop doing all of the things 
and start to really rely on your team to run your business without everything relying on you. I know many of you have thought to yourself, I spend all of my days managing people and it's doing my heading. In fact, I have people contact me in my consultancy business, literally telling me they consider closing their business down because they hate the people management so much. And if they could outsource all of the interaction with their staff, they would. Now, I don't want any of you to get to that stage. I want you to love the team that you build. But I know the reality of running a business is that some days do feel like that. And I've been there. I've been there where I have spent days managing the team and not getting anything done for myself. And it's it's because I hadn't mastered some of these strategies that I'm now sharing with you. It's because 10 years ago when all of that, I was doing all of that and had this big team, um, I knew all the things I needed to do, but I hadn't mastered the art of doing many of them. And I'd created an environment where things were boomeranging back to my desk faster than I could. I was the constant bottleneck in that business. So I've been there and I've learned my lessons and now I'm here to share those with you. So let's dive into part four of our six-part series today. Today we are talking about engagement. Now, engagement, I know many of you might think is some kind of weird HR fluff buzzword. It's not. It's actually really important and it's really not that difficult. It's not some mystical, complex situation that only relevant for huge corporates. It's in fact mega important for small to medium-sized businesses, possibly even more important than it is for big businesses. So what exactly is employee engagement? Look, there's lots of different definitions out there. This one by Kevin Cruz, um, I think really sums it up quite well. And he explains that employee engagement is the emotional commitment the employee has to the organization and its goals. So he talks about emotional commitment. So it's not just about turning up and wanting to do a good job. They have this extra layer because we we know that we all make decisions based on emotion first and our brain second. So it is that little extra. These are the employees that you know will go that extra mile for you. These are the employees that um, you don't want to lose off your team. And what we know is that the stats don't lie. And what the stats tell us is this. It takes four highly engaged employees to counteract the negative impact of just one disengaged employee. So just one disengaged employee can have a profound effect on the overall morale of your team and ultimately they have a profound impact on the productivity and therefore profitability of your business. Now if you've got a team of five, and you've got one in five that you know is a bit of a problem and therefore disengaged, that's problematic. You remove that person and you've got a team of four highly engaged employees, you're most likely going to have a more profitable business. So this is something I don't want you to ignore. And I don't want you to sweep disengagement under the carpet and put it in the too hard basket because it's easy to do that because they're not fun situations to deal with. But It is critically, critically important. And engagement I really think of kind of on a sliding scale. It's not just engaged or disengaged. There are, of course, a myriad of versions of that from highly disengaged through to highly engaged and everything in between. So it's very possible that you have someone that was once engaged but you're seeing that slip or that is slightly disengaged but you can improve that and you can get them engaged again. 
So don't think of it as a pigeonhole that you can't move them out of or that it's just one or the other. It's very much a sliding scale and you do have the possibility and the opportunity to change where your employees sit on that scale. You do have the power to do that. And that's what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about engagement strategies that you can implement into your business that are going to drive engagement, improve engagement, and really help pull anyone that is swinging towards disengagement right back out of there. So let's have a look at what some of those engagement strategies are. The first engagement strategy might sound a little odd, but it is this. It is making sure your business is operating from a place of purpose. Now, that's not woo-woo, although it might sound a little bit that way, but the reality is this. Employees thrive in a business which is driven towards a clear purpose. This is particularly true of the younger generations coming into our workplaces They are very values and purpose driven as a generation and they want to know, they want to actually be in businesses that are really clear about what their purpose is. So clearly articulating your purpose to your employees and driving all of your decisions and your operations in your business towards that purpose or making them around that purpose really helps to solidify that purpose within your business. So being clear on It could be, depending on the language you use, it could be the why for your business, your vision. It could be your your greater good goal. It could be um, your just cause, as Simon Sinek calls it. It doesn't matter what language you use, but it's about having a purpose and a vision and making sure it's really clearly articulated to your team and not just articulated in a sign on the wall or a statement in a manual somewhere. I'm talking about living and breathing the purpose. I'm talking about making sure that you use this as a compass for making decisions in your business, really weaving the purpose throughout everything you do in your business. Businesses that do this successfully have amazing employee engagement because the people that are there are tied in to that purpose. They are driven towards that purpose. These are the people that give you the extra. And you know what? If they don't believe in that vision or believe in that purpose, they will self-select out. And that's a good thing for you because I'm sure you got in business and that you're in the business you're in or you're managing a business that you are responsible for because you truly believe in what they do. Whether it's about the quality of the product, whether it's about... um, some sort of more broad social impact. It can be any number of things, but you have a reason for being there. You have a reason for creating this business and it's important that you don't keep that to yourself, that you share that with the people that are in your team and in your business. Weaving this in creates massive engagement. It's not not necessarily quick and easy to weave it in, but it is a simple thing that you can implement in terms of communicating it and articulating it and starting to put it into practice in everything that you do. So operating from a place of purpose is the first engagement strategy I'm going to suggest to you here today. The second one is to provide challenge. Providing positive challenges for employees to extend their skills or to extend their thinking or responsibility can be a really great way to motivate, develop and retain your people. People actually like to be challenged, pushed a little bit. Now, you want to challenge 
people in a way that you know will generate success for them. You don't want to set them up for failure. So challenging people in a way that you know they've got a a special interest in something or perhaps you know they've got a really great gift at doing certain types of work, give them a challenge around that to extend their skill set there. Challenge them to think differently, to grow themselves, to develop their skills. If you can give them a project that you know is really going to push them and grow them, amazing, but that's not always possible in every business. But providing some form of challenge so that they can improve themselves, they can extend their skills, and that they can perhaps try something completely new and something that they want to try. So the important thing with providing challenge is not to provide challenge that you know the employee is going to hate. So don't provide a challenge for them to become an exceptional salesperson if they're a total introvert and hate sales. That That's a challenge setting yourself up for failure. So provide a challenge instead for them to come up with a new process for following up sales if they're more introverted. That is a different spin on a very, very similar uh, concept, but you know one of them they're going to enjoy, thrive in, and learn a lot more from because they're going to be invested in the process. So providing a challenge can be a great way to get the team engaged. Another important one which we often forget about is encouraging creativity. So encouraging people to tap into their curious nature and allow them to be creative with ideas and allow them to explore those creative ideas. So to achieve this, I guess, your team need to know that asking questions is always okay because that's what the curious and the creative do and that possibilities will and can be explored when they've got merit. So challenging you on different things and saying, hey, can we think about doing this a different way needs to be okay. And where it's got merit, you're going to give them the legs to go off and explore that. In some cases in these situations too, when you're encouraging that creativity, you have to let your employees fail. (laughs) And when I say fail, they might fall and get back up again. But part of the creative process is that things don't always go to plan or don't always go as we want them to. And you have to create a nurturing and a trusted environment where failure is not the end. Failure is part of the learning and it is one of the most important learning processes. So creating an environment where employees are encouraged and empowered to get creative, to think differently, to try new things, and where if they fall, no problems. It's about what they do after that in picking themselves back up and what they learnt from the process that is most important. So encouraging creativity, creative thinking, and creative ideas. A very easy engagement strategy is really simply to listen and hear what your employees are saying. Active listening is one of the most critical leadership skills, and until we stop to listen to what our people are saying and then ask the right questions to really understand what they're coming from, we can never truly foster employee engagement. Employees want to be heard and want to be listened to. And I think it's really important too when we're considering a conversation with an employee that we seek first to understand because we are not in their shoes. We are not seeing this through the lens that they're looking at it. So seeking first to understand their perspective and their thoughts there and their feelings can go a long way to having them feel like they're being listened to and heard. And in fact, you'd be surprised how much that weighs on an employee. There's been many times when I've been having conversations on behalf of businesses with employees and the employee's biggest frustration is they don't feel they have a voice, they don't feel they've been heard. 
And in fact, I've had termination conversations with employees. We're just allowing them to be heard and allowing them to speak and listening and genuinely seeing their point of view has left them leaving the organization feeling really good about where things were left, which under these circumstances could have gone a complete other way. This employee would have, you know, otherwise left angry and upset and with a very bad impression of the employer. But because they felt listened to and heard throughout that process, they parted ways on, you know, fairly favorable terms. So don't underestimate the value of just simply listening, hearing, and understanding your employee. Of course, something that is not just an engagement tool, but almost an expectation in the current modern workplace is fostering flexibility. Flexibility is literally an expectation these days, yet many organizations are really struggling to get their head around this. If you have a completely inflexible workplace, it's going to be a tough ask to get complete engagement. So fostering flexibility in how, when, and where your people work. And allow this allows you to attract the best and brightest in the beginning and then keep them and keep them engaged. So you need to be open to non-traditional work arrangements. I mean, 2020 taught us that because <laughs> we were forced into it. But I know the second that those public health orders were listed, lifted, I should say, many businesses just thought, well, we're going back. We're going back to how things were. But why? If things were working for both you and the employee, why does it have to go back? I really challenge you to think about that because it's most likely about control. It's most likely not about productivity, profitability, or an engaged workplace. So really think about how you can embrace what we learned through 2020 when it comes to flexibility, when it comes to non-traditional work arrangements, and create a way that works best because every employee is different. And some people will have hated working from home and can't wait to get back to the office. Others will have loved it and never want to come back in again. And then in the most part, what I think you're going to have is people that would love a hybrid working model, a model that allows the flexibility to work from home, but also to connect in the workplace. And I think that will be what probably the majority of employees want. But every, again, everyone's different. But also, outside of the whole 2020 shenanigans, everyone is different. Some people are great workers in the morning and they get their best work done super early. But by 2 p.m., their brains are fried and you're never going to get the, boat, the best out of them at that time of day. And conversely, there are others that are non-functional until 11 a.m., but can still be pulling out the best work at 8 p.m. at night. Think about those little nuances. And can you create an environment that's flexible enough to let people work when they're at their best? Think about that. If you, if you have a team that works, you know, 9 to 5 traditionally, and you know that Joe is useless most of the morning, but you'll get great work out of him in the afternoon. In the morning, he's just treading water. Conversely, Susan is like a powerhouse through the morning, but she's reaching for several coffees by 2 p.m. and is, is just managing to tackle through some things. If you could switch it around and you could have them both working eight hours of pure genius work every day, imagine how much more you're going to get out of them. And they will appreciate it because it's a hard slog trying to get through work when you're not at your best. So it, it's actually something you really need to consider in terms of creating the most successful business you can. Another strategy, of course, is to encourage involvement. And I'm talking about involvement in all aspects of the business, particularly decision-making. So involving employees in decision-making 
actually allows them to feel empowered about the process and the desired outcome. They'll take ownership over that decision-making and how doing that helps them reach the end goal. It really encourages them to have a voice and be heard, which we've already touched on the importance of that. And it allows them to have a say in things that impact them. And they're going to be more invested in the business's success when they feel like they've had that say. So involvement in decision-making is at all levels, can be really powerful as an engagement strategy. Now, if you can implement just one of these engagement strategies into your team, what impact do you think that can have? A team of highly engaged, motivated and focused people who can't wait to do whatever they can to work towards the bigger purpose and ultimately make your business more productive and more profitable. How does that sound to you? I know it sounds pretty great to me. So these things are not huge war and peace style initiatives. These are some really simple engagement strategies. There are loads of engagement strategies and you may have others you want to implement. These are just some ideas, some ideas to get your thoughts flowing about what you could do in your business. So take one, get it implemented into your business and let me how you Let me know, I should say, how you go. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear that you've been able to move your employee engagement up that little bit further. So take one idea, you might even create your own and get it implemented into your business. What a great way to start 2021 by getting your team engaged. So that is part four of our six-part series on Unleash the Power of Your People. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, we have a great resource for you that is completely free for you to download to help you walk through these strategies that we are sharing. It's an ebook called Unleash the Power of Your People. And if you head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com and click on episode number 42, you'll be able to grab your free copy of the ebook right there. So that's part four done and dusted. Next week, we're heading into part five, and we are looking at reimagining our retention strategies. So now that we've got this great team, that we're delegating tasks effectively, that they're highly engaged, we want to keep these people, right? So next week, we're looking at retention strategies. As I've said, I'm super excited to bring this series to you, and I'm hoping you can take one thing away each week and get it implemented into your business. And if you can do that, it's going to create amazing things for you. It's going to free up your time. It's going to deliver better business for you. It's going to give you more freedom in your business. You're going to see things off your plate and onto someone else's, and you're going to have a highly productive and engaged team. So again, if you'd love to get a copy of that ebook, head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 42, and you'll be able to download your free ebook, Unleash the Power of Your People, right there. That's it for me today. I look forward to chatting with you next week when we go dive into part five, which is reimagining our retention strategies. Have a great week. 